Welcome to I Bet, where we have solution-based conversation about everything dealing with life. We come from a wellness perspective where we keep an open mind to all sides, but we recognize we won't get anywhere unless we find solutions. We are here to laugh, cry, reflect, and grow. So join in the conversation. Curiosity is welcome, understanding is mandatory, and bravery is always key. Hello and welcome to I Bet, where we have solution-based conversation about, well, everything. I am Janessa Siegel, your local financial counselor, financial healer, and today we are talking about money, moolah. I was about to say quesos, but that's not it's not the word. It's not the word. Anyways, <clears throat> while this podcast is focusing on solution-based conversation for a variety of subjects, my specialty is financial education. And I want to make sure that as I'm talking to you all, or talking with you all, um, that I am providing resources and information and education that can benefit you all um, in different levels. And right now is a really, really good time to really focus on and discuss different ways on how to get your finances back on track. So if you can't tell, I'm a very reflective person. And um, the other day I was sitting outside and I was just thinking about um, a lot of the situations that I work people through on the daily daily basis. And many people that I meet with are encountering some form of a financial hardship the economy right now is I don't want to focus on the negative but we all know what's going on right now so and if you're listening to this past 2023 this is 2023 uh we are now in October and you know things aren't going as many of us would wish they were and so It's important to understand that even when so many things around you seems chaotic or they may seem like you're not in control, you still do have control. And as I was just thinking about a lot of this, um, as I was sitting outside, I started thinking about the middle class and how the middle class doesn't really exist. So I wrote my thoughts. I'm going to start calling these outside thoughts (laughs) because I was outside. Get it? anyways okay so this is what I was thinking I said the reality of the forgotten class we talk about middle kids being the ones that act out because they want attention but really think about it they aren't the oldest kid so they're not considered necessarily the leader or the one that is given a lot of responsibility they aren't the youngest so they don't get all of that extra attention So where do you fit in? Oftentimes when we see these uh, children possibly acting out, it's usually because they just want attention because y'all forget about them. I'm a middle child, so, um, but I'm also very, um, I'm the only girl, so (laughs) I I don't want to say I was forgotten about. I made my presence known because my brothers better listen to me because if they don't, they'll get in trouble. Anyways. Um, But in many cases, there are a lot of middle kids who just feel like, what is my place? What am I supposed to do? Because the identities that we put on children, especially depending on the, um, what's the word? 
depending on when they're born, we almost dictate how we treat them. And so um, the, the identity of a middle child, this is the same identity of the middle class that doesn't really exist. Middle class does not exist. The middle class was a class that was created to make people feel that, oh, if you work a little bit harder and make some more money, you're you're much closer to a person that's rich. So that means you're better and you should be treated better or viewed as a higher class citizen. Yet the middle class, they are the or people who are considered considered middle class they're the ones that are often forgotten in a lot of things so think about it this middle class you tend to make too much money for assistance programs and but you don't make enough to live so how do you survive when it feels like many have forgotten about you and so in order to take care of yourself in those types of situations, you have to find where you can start making changes to improve your situation and go from there. So that's what I want to focus on. I want to focus on how do we move forward from whatever situation we are currently in. Yes, for a lot of people, what's going on sucks. It sucks. That's the reality. But are we going to focus on it sucking? Or are we going to use our mental power, our talents, our uh, our actual spiritual power to move us forward so that we can get into a better situation? Or are we just going to keep complaining? I'm a firm believer that we should recognize and acknowledge how we feel, but we shouldn't dwell on those things. The moment you dwell on it, you are stuck in that time. You are stuck in that emotion. And the more you talk about it, the more you complain about it, the more you will focus on it. And the more your life, your life will revolve around that. We don't want that. We want our life to move forward. We want our resources to grow. We want to understand how to be prosperous individuals. That is absolutely possible for every single human being in existence. That is absolutely possible. The thing is, recognizing that that is possible and working towards it, that is what differentiates many of us. Now I'm going to pause. There are also a lot of systematic, um, systematically oppressive things out there. So for some of us, it is much harder to get out of a situation and I recognize that and I understand that and I do not undermine that at all. I am a black woman in America (laughs) with locks so I understand. I understand a lot of the pushback and a lot of the barriers that a person has to go through. However, at some point we all have to decide even let me okay at some point we all have to decide do I want to stay here or do I want something different that's the start do I want to stay in this situation or do I want something different now you can say that all you want but your actions have to follow what you're saying and your heart has to feel what you are saying So in thinking about 
moving forward and thinking about getting out of situations, let's talk about a few scenarios and how we can move out of those. So one scenario that many of us are dealing with is living paycheck to paycheck. And I had to really think about what does it mean to live paycheck to paycheck? So think about this. Living paycheck to paycheck means everything that you make, but by the time you get paid again, your money is almost gone. Like you are, are pulling for that money because you're like, I have nothing else left. Now, what does paycheck to paycheck make you feel? It makes you feel almost a slight, consistent, um, anxious feeling because you're constantly waiting for the next paycheck, the next paycheck, the next paycheck, and you're focusing on just the next paycheck. So what that tells me is the amount of money that you're bringing in is not enough to cover your daily expenses. Sounds simple, but many of us don't realize that we genuinely are not making enough money. And some people are like, well, yeah, that's obvious. I can't pay my rent. But think about this. If if you are in a situation where you can't pay your rent month to month to month to month to month and you realize you need more money, then what are you going to do to make more money? Do you need to pick up a skill that will allow you to have a wider range of jobs you can apply for? When you are applying for a position, are you actually paying attention to the pay? There are more jobs that are posting their pay. So here's an activity that you can do if you're looking for a position. A lot of places um, or more places have increased their minimum wage. So knowing the position you're applying for, let's say a, the uh, minimum wage there is $15 an hour and you live in the Midwest, specifically say Indiana or, um, or Ohio. Reason why I'm not saying Illinois is because the cost, depending on where you are in Illinois, the cost of living is extremely high. So 15 an hour is clearly not enough. So let's say you're making 15 an hour, you live in the Midwest, and the position you're applying for is a part-time position. Is that going to be your only position? If so, you already know the likelihood of you making enough money to cover everything and have money left over, you're not going to bring in enough automatically so that's the first thing if you're looking for a position and there's a place that's only offering a part-time position then you don't need to work there you don't even need to apply there look for a full-time position and in looking for a full-time position if they ask about if you have any questions make sure you understand what are the hours considered for that full-time position because there are some places that consider 30 hours to be full-time well if 30 hours times 15 is not going to bring you enough money then you still don't need that position it may sound good and yes it may feel like you're missing out especially if someone offers you as a position yeah well we'll pay you 15 dollars an hour 30 hours a week you get benefits this this and that sounds great however if that 30 dollars an hour will put you at a deficit every single month, that is not the job for you. So 
when looking for a new position, think about what you will actually make in that position. I know it's taboo to ask how much a position will pay, and I'm not necessarily saying ask them how much a position will pay when they interview, but it is important as you are going through, <coughs> excuse me, as you're going through the interview process and they do start talking about the benefits and stuff and it looks like they're getting closer to offering you a job. When you find out what those benefits are, you absolutely have a right to deny the position. You do. Or you can negotiate your pay. Don't feel bad for negotiating your pay, especially if you bring in skills beyond what the minimum require requirements are. If they require <coughs> a high school diploma and one year experience and you have an associate's degree with five year experience, then you absolutely better go in there and negotiate your salary. And if they're not gonna pay you more, then you don't need to work there. If they're not gonna pay you more, you do not need to work there. I'm gonna say it again. If they do not pay you more, you do not need to work there. Now, the only reason to stay at a job that gives you less hours is if you already have another position that is paying you and those less hours at the second job is fine because you're still making a good amount at the first one. That's the only, the only way that something like that would make sense. If you don't have another position, if you don't have another uh, stream of income, getting a job that's not gonna pay you enough month to month, don't do it. Don't even apply for those positions. If you know that a certain position is going to pay less than a certain amount an hour, do not apply for that position, okay? So going back to the original thought with this um, scenario, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, that means you're not bringing in enough money to hold you over past your second paycheck or past your next paycheck. You want to bring in enough money to where you do not have to be overly dependent on every single time you get paid. You wanna bring in enough money to where you have what I call rollover money. So if you get paid twice a month or bi-weekly, you want enough money to where your first check, you have money left over, and by the time your second check hits, there's still money in the bank. That is an ideal situation. That is something to work towards. It can take a little bit to get to that point, but that is something to work towards. So, and thinking about getting a different position and thinking about the work that goes into getting another position. The reason why it is important for you to decide in your heart and in your mind and in your soul and holistically that you are ready to change your situation is because it requires work. It requires work. And the work that is required is a different time of work from just hustling. Many of us are used to this hustle culture where it's just like, you know, I'm just trying to get paid. I'm trying to get this bag. You know, I'm doing this, this, this. I have five different jobs. I work five hours at this one, two hours at this one, eight hours at this one, yada, yada, yada. If you enjoy that, like if that brings you joy, go for it. But I, I highly doubt that brings everyone joy. I feel there are a lot of people who would rather have 
you still have multiple streams of income because that's something we'll talk about later. Still have those multiple streams, but I'm pretty sure many people would want to have multiple streams of income that don't drain them so much to where they have nothing left to give at the end of the day. The goal is to not have to work that hard. The goal is to set yourself up to where whatever type of work you're doing to bring in income, it's still, it it does its job, which is it gives you the money you need to do what you want. And you want to have enough energy to do what you want. You don't want to work so much that your health is struggling you, your relationships are struggling. Oh, and by the way, you're still not making ends meet. There's no point of doing all of that. So in looking at these positions and thinking about changing your situation, you first have to definitively decide, I don't care what happens. I'm not going to be in this situation by this time next year. If you say that and you authentically believe it, then you're going to put in the work to change that. Now, practically, what does that work look like? That work looks like if you know in order to be in a certain income within a certain field that you need a certain type of training, rather that's um, working with tools in one way or another, like working on cars, a carpenter, um, doing different trade positions. It could also be something like you are... um, you know, makeup, hair, if you want to own your own business and selling products, if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer, or you want to work in the medical field and legal field, but you don't want to be a doctor or a lawyer, but you still enjoy law, like all of those things do require some form of education or some form of training. So first is deciding what do I want to do? Where do I want to go? Do do I want to consistently work in retail positions you might like fashion so if you love fashion then start looking for fashion positions if you love putting clothes together look look up how to be a personal shopper look up how to be um, a stylist if you want to actually design and make clothes take a sewing class watch videos or even shows of actual designers and look at their creative process if you want to be a teacher then of course being a teacher you got to go to school Um, but there are certain um, positions where you are working with children where you may not be required to have a four-year degree but you at least need an associate's or some form of teaching certificate or something like that so if you want to work in that field then go get the certification go find the classes now these classes they cost they're not cheap however you do not have to go to the um the most expensive outlets to get this certification. Post-secondary education, so education after high school, there's lots of different um, schools where you can get trainings, you can get certifications, you can get degrees, and you don't have to spend as much. When we think of college, college is usually what we automatically think about when it comes to you graduate high school and you want a career, so duh, you go to college to get a degree. But that that doesn't work for everybody and everybody doesn't need to do that. However, if something you are doing does require you to actually take classes, then 
See what types of classes the college might offer to help with the certification. See if the institution has actual certification classes. There are more and more institutions that are starting to offer online classes um, or certifications and things like that because these schools are realizing they need to be more marketable to you all. Like they need you. They need you to take classes with them. They need you. The school's need you to take courses with them in order to make money. So in thinking about that, use their resources to benefit you. That's why they're there. So use them. Go to financial aid and see if you are eligible for a scholarship or a grant. If you're not eligible for a scholarship or grant, (coughs) see if they're community organizations that can help cover certain costs. See if your employer can help cover certain costs. If you work for companies like Amazon, um, possibly uh, like Target, Adobe, like these large corporations that have a lot of access, there is a chance that they have an education program, a program that can help cover certain classes. Use those resources. If you're already looking for Um, jobs to pay you more but you know that you need some type of education to to get to that higher income level use the resources available to you and while it, it will require work it will require sacrifice but if being at that place isn't paying you enough See if there is a way that you could get enough financial aid to cover some of your day-to-day costs so that you can go to school If you can't you may have to take one class a semester so that you can still work enough hours to bring in enough money, but your classes are covered through your employer. Like it's it's figuring out what what is the best way I can use the resources available to me to benefit me the most. And I know that may sound to some people that may sound very selfish, but what I want you all to realize is if you are constantly thinking that me wanting to improve myself is being selfish which is in turn bad then there's a lot of internal work that you need to do because you can't you cannot be your best self if you don't take care of yourself you can't live your best life if you don't take care of yourself you can't be your best or do your best or experience the best without setting yourself up to do that to experience that, to see that. And if setting yourself up requires you to look at things from the perspective of how can I use this resource to benefit me, then do that. Now, I do wanna say it is important to not look at it from a perspective of, well, I don't care what happens to nobody else, I'ma just do me. If something that you're doing is harming other people, that's where we should take a pause. And the reason why I say that's where we should take a pause, think about how many people are struggling right now with the jobs that they have. If those who are in senior level positions made decisions to pay people more, then others wouldn't be struggling. But you know what would be required to pay people more? It would be requiring those who are getting paid the most to possibly reduce their incomes for them to take pay cuts instead of cutting the hours of those who need the hourly work. It would require other people 
who have the access and the ability to make those decisions to actually say, you know what? I don't necessarily need $20 million every single month. I could, I could, you know, I could cut that back a little bit and allow other people to make enough money to eat. But if a person is thinking from the perspective of I'm only going to do me and it doesn't matter who else is impacted, then that's where we run into this consumerism mindset of that selfishness that is harmful. I don't think there's anything wrong with thinking of yourself in terms of improving yourself to live a prosperous life. But if those decisions of taking care of yourself is getting to the point where you are harming others, then something needs to be done and restructured because there's enough room at the top for everybody. There's enough resources for everyone. There's enough money for everyone. And you know why? Because money isn't real. Currency isn't real. This, this, this thing that many people have dictated their lives on, it's not real. It is not. <laughs> so there's plenty there is plenty there's plenty of food there's plenty of space there's plenty of experiences there's plenty of people there's plenty of love like there is so much for all of us so we don't need to walk around thinking that i'm gonna take this opportunity because there's not enough and i need to make sure that i get mine and they can't get theirs that is a mentality that we have been taught so that we are constantly trying to hurt each other versus realizing, hmm, I can do this. I can get this position, but there's also 20 other positions for 20 other people. So I don't need to do anything to prevent them from getting that position to get paid. Or I am an amazing artist and you know, I, I believe that my art, everyone should want to buy my art. That doesn't mean that people should only buy your art. There's so many people who love a wide variety of art. Why not partner with other artists to have an event? And all y'all get paintings or sculptures or different artworks sold. Everybody can win. Everyone can win. So I know that was a tangent, but... Um, I say all that to say, when you are thinking of improving yourself, I pray that as you are thinking of yourself, you're not thinking of it as I'm gonna get mine and nobody else matters, but more so like, you know what, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to make sure that I'm setting myself up for success and I don't wish no harm or hindrance to anyone else. Competition isn't bad, but when you're purposefully trying to hinder others, that's where we run into issues. And that is what we see every single day with a consumerist society. So in understanding that our society works that way, use those resources that are available to you to help you improve yourself so you can get into a position of success, of prosperity, of living and thriving instead of struggling and surviving. So that's the first scenario. I know that was a very long thing to explain when it comes to living paycheck to paycheck. But solution, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, figure out how you can start making more. And when you start making more, do not increase your spending. 
That is another thing that many of us struggle with. So if I were to tell someone that I have worked with multiple individuals that make five figures a month, five figures meaning 10,000 or more a month, and they're living paycheck to paycheck, people will probably be like, excuse me? They're irresponsible with their money. How can you make that much money and be paycheck to paycheck and almost struggling? And da, 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 da. But think about it. If, if you're bringing in that much money, you're not necessarily thinking, I don't have enough. You're thinking, oh, I do have enough. So I can get this house because I can afford it. I can get this car because I can afford it. I can get these clothes. I can afford it. I can put my kids in this special uh, school because I can afford it. So yeah, they can afford all of that. The thing is, if one month, if someone's income was decreased by a thousand to two thousand dollars, because at that six figure income, or excuse me, at that five figures a month income, they can afford stuff. If something were to happen, unless they had built up and established a, you know, a really great emergency fund, they're going to be in the same situation as somebody who is barely making a thousand dollars a month. So it doesn't matter how much you are bringing in. What does matter is recognizing if I am spending up to the limit of what I'm bringing in, then I'm living paycheck to paycheck. So as you get that position, as you increase your income, don't increase your spending. The first thing to do when your income increases is establish an emergency fund. If you don't have any debt, establish an emergency fund. And even if you do have debt, still start saving money for an emergency fund. An emergency fund can make or break a lot of people. Having an additional $1,000 to $5,000 in a bank account for an emergency could significantly change a lot of people's lives. I'm pretty sure some of you listening right now, if I were to say, if I were to give you $5,000, would you be able to catch up on your rent? Or would you be able to catch up on your car payment? Or pay your monthly utility bill? Or even buy you some groceries? Heck, would you even be able to maybe go out to eat? And treat yourself at a fancy restaurant. There are a lot of people that would be like, heck yeah, I could do all that and still have money left over. So if you recognize having that much money could help you, then build up to that. And yes, I recognize 5,000 can be a lot for some. So start small. Start. Even if it's $5 a month, set that aside. If you can't do five, start with one. And then as your income increases, start increasing your contribution. And then next thing you know, you have money saved. Even if it's $100, you saved $100. And then that 100 is going to turn into 200 because you saw that you could save the 100. All right, let me keep going. <clears throat> Excuse me, y'all, I'm just getting over being sick. But it is possible. It's just I think many of us see the end result and we're like, how can I even get to that when I can't even pay for groceries? But you can get to that. It's just figuring out how do I use the resources around me to get me to that place, which then brings me to the next scenario, 
which is a financial hardship. So financial hardships are when you are at a financial or in a financial position where you typically cannot cover your day-to-day expenses. So that could be your rent, your mortgage, your car payments, your insurance, your utilities, anything that has to be paid month to month. A financial hardship is when you're not able to do that. And what happens to many people is, let's say you fall behind one month. The next month, you're having to pay for that month, but you're having to catch up from the previous month. So then if you don't have enough to catch up from the previous month, you're still having to find a way to pay for the previous month. Oh, and by the way, you have late fees. So then you have the late fees. Then you have the current month's bills, but you still have to pay what you were behind on. So falling behind one month can hurt a lot of people, especially because many of us live paycheck to paycheck. You don't bring in enough to pay beyond your basic bills because that's all your paycheck covers. So in those moments, figuring out what is available to you to help you, that is most important. Now I understand going back to the middle class and even though, in a, yes, going back to middle class, a lot of um, hardship resources that are out there are either very specific for like if you have a certain illness, um, if you're a veteran, if you're a certain gender or have certain identities. And in many cases, therefore, those whose income is significantly low. So for individuals whose income is right over their threshold, many people are like, what the heck do I do? In those moments, it's definitely... It's, it's moments where you have to decide what can I pay, who can I talk to, what arrangements can I make. Please don't avoid it. Please do not avoid talking to anyone that you are paying on the monthly basis. Your landlord, mortgage people, credit card companies, utility companies, car companies, insurance companies, please do not avoid talking to them. Reason why I'm saying that, since COVID, there have been a lot of places that have started incorporating hardship programs. It is not guaranteed that um, every place is gonna have a hardship program. It's not guaranteed that you will get the program, however, You won't know that unless you ask. You won't know if you're eligible for a certain program that could sponsor a month for you. You don't know if you're eligible to um, defer a payment. Rather, it's putting that payment on the back end of the loan or spreading that payment out over the course of a couple months. You don't know if you are eligible for that unless you ask. So please talk to them. And I do understand there are some landlords who can be pretty problematic. If there are landlords who are problematic, then at that point, let's see if there are community resources that can help you find a new place to stay. Because there are some places, there are some community resources that can help you find a place to live. Here's a website that can be very helpful for a lot of people. 
findhelp.org is a website and I'm they're not sponsoring this so I'm just putting that out there Um, but it is a website where you can go there and look at local resources within your area you put in your zip code and it shows you what exists in your area just starting there can potentially put you in a position to find resources that can help you through certain financial hardship situations. Go to local community centers, go to local uh, religious organizations, Jewish community centers, Christian community centers. Um, Now I'm not aware of other spiritual beliefs or religions that have uh, community centers for everyone in the community, but if you see one near you and you know that they potentially provide community resources for anyone and it doesn't matter what your background is, go there. Ask, call, emailing may take a while for them to get back to you. So calling, that's probably the best. Um, Be aware around this time of the year, because it's towards the end of the year, a lot of these resources tend to run out of money. So calling around, checking around, seeing what you can do to get some form of assistance or help, do it, like putting in that work, remember? Deciding that you wanna change your situation and putting in that work. Sometimes that work requires you to call a lot of places to see if there's some available. And in some cases, you could call 10 different places and they may not have something. But the only way that you will not be able to find something is if you stop. No one said the work was going to be easy. No one said that there are a lot of stuff that's fair. But realizing that I don't have to stay in this situation no matter what my surroundings are, no matter what people are telling me, no matter what my job is looking like, if you make that decision and saying, I'm not going to stay here, then your situation is going to change. It is. Like, if if you have a, um, if you have like a little toy boat and you put it on some water and you just leave it there and you don't blow, it's not going to move. If the wind's not blowing, it's not going to move. But even the slightest breeze can move that boat forward. And it's guaranteed to move when there is wind. So I say that to say, when you have a goal for yourself, when you have a vision for yourself, when you have a desire for yourself, you will get it if you put in the work to go towards it. If you put that wind behind that boat, it's going to move. It's going to go towards that direction. Now, sometimes it may veer over that way, right? Sometimes things that we want, it may not go exactly how we envisioned it or exactly the direction that we thought it should go or it's supposed to go. But what I have seen happen with a lot of people is It might not have started out the way that they thought it was supposed to, but it always ends the way it was supposed to. It always gets to that final goal. So understand that as you are in this place of changing your life, as you're in this place of possibly looking for resources to help with some of your day-to-day expenses, you might not hear from the first 10, but that 11th call could go through. 
that 12th call could go through or the fifth organization you talk to, they put you on a wait list. Next thing you know, you hear back from them or another organization you talk to. They're like, you know what? We don't have anything, but I do know that such and such does have something or it could be we don't have any financial assistance, but we do have people who can negotiate with landlords. We do have people who can negotiate with credit card companies on your behalf so that it can reduce the interest and, you know, hopefully help you afford the monthly payment through nonprofits. Be careful with these debt consolidation people and debt settlement. But um, I say that to say sometimes we we have these visions for ourselves to go a certain way so much so that when they don't happen the way we thought it was supposed to we're just like nope I told you I told you it's not gonna work no one in my family no one in my family got out of this no none of my friends were able to do this no one at this job was able to do this no one who looks like me was able to do this no one who sounds like me was able to do this if you keep telling yourself that then you're not gonna be able to do it but if you're just like okay this this is annoying I'm gonna take the rest of this day off I'm gonna give myself some time but tomorrow I'm gonna keep going you're going to get it you are it's guaranteed and there are very few things that I say are guaranteed but it is guaranteed that if you're working towards something you're going to get it may not look how you thought it was going to but you're still going to get that end result you're still going to get that job it may not be the first job you applied for or you may apply for a job and you end up still working for the company, but not at the job, not for the position you applied for. You never know how something will turn out unless you go, unless you call, unless you try. You never know. The thought of failure, I know, is very uncomfortable. The thought of something going wrong is very uncomfortable. But is it more uncomfortable to try something? <coughs> And possibly get it or to not try and to stay in your situation and be in this repetitive cycle of of trauma of poverty of of not getting to a place that you know you want to be and that you know you can be like why stay somewhere when you don't have to why continue doing the same thing over and over knowing it's not changing what they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result many of us are doing that <coughs> and these are people in a wide range of incomes it does not matter what your income is many of us from zero dollars a month to a million dollars many people are doing that so in thinking of the second scenario of being in a financial hardship, look and see what resources can help you. If there are community resources, use them. If you are someone who's like, you know, I just, I just never, I've never had to do this. And, you know, I just feel like these resources are for people who need them. Aren't you behind? 
Don't you need groceries? Don't you need clothes? Don't you need a roof over your head? If you're at a point of losing all of that, you need it. Even if your income was high at some point, you need it. Community resources are there for everyone. It's not there for people who are stereotypically struggling. It's for everyone who needs it. So use them. If you are in school and you're in college, see if there is a student advocate's office. If you have a relationship with um, a professor or if there are certain cultural centers on your campus, go there. Talk to the administrators. See if they know of any emergency resources that you can use. Use those resources and use those people who are there to help you. It is literally their job. Help them <laughs> help them do their job. <laughs> and, and for those who work in community services, thank you for your service. Because having to deal with that every single day, having to hear the stories, having to figure out how to help so many people, that is a lot. And that can really like bog you down even there might be some of you in those emergency services who need the emergency services yourself um and so I just want to say thank you for thank you for the work that you do and thank you for pushing through those days where you're like I just don't have the energy but if I don't go in there's people who may not have a place to live so I just wanted to say thank y'all because y'all y'all do a lot. Um, so in terms of the financial advice of today, because <laughs> I feel like I've been all over the place, but I really hope that the scenarios that I've been giving gives you an idea of where I'm coming from because I think um, I can tell you how to budget. I can tell you about credit. I can tell you about debt. And we'll talk about those. But if, if you don't even have enough money to pay your basic needs, the biggest thing, and I still think budgeting or creating a spending plan is important. The biggest thing that budgeting will help you do is it will help you see how much more money you need to make more than ends meet. So in recognizing that, here are some budgeting tips. First, Write out all of your fixed expenses. Your fixed expenses are your expenses every month that cost the same. So that's your rent. If you have a car, that's your car payment, insurance payments, anything that is the same amount every single month. That is a fixed expense. Then write down your variable expenses. Variable expenses are expenses that fluctuate month to month. That's your food, your gas, your utilities, um, clothing, toiletries, anything that you know you need, but it may not cost the same every single month. Those are your variable expenses. That's the first part. Write down your fixed and your variable. Write them out. Then write down how much each of them cost. Once you are able to see how much each of them cost, go and see your what your actual net income is. Many people don't know what their net income is. Many people assume, but they don't actually know like, okay, every month or every paycheck, 
I bring home this amount. If you are an hourly worker where um, your hours may fluctuate, use averages. If you are someone who gets paid 26 or excuse me, is it 26 checks a year, then use the lower average because I know there are some months where you get more than two checks. What you don't want to do is project your monthly income based off of that additional amount that you get on those months. So it's better to use the months where you only get two checks to budget. Because what that does, if you use that as your baseline, then that means anything extra is just extra, right? So write down your fixed, write down your variable, write down how much each of these things cost. For your variable expenses, I know it is difficult to dictate how much you actually spend because they're flexible. So that's where tracking comes into play. Again, going back to putting in that work, tracking your spending will help you see how much you spend on average. Some of you may be uncomfortable with syncing your financial information to an external app. I completely understand. So a good place to start is your bank, bank or credit union, wherever you have um, money stored. If you don't have any money stored, say you pay cash for everything, walk around, whenever you spend money, make a note. While that is a little bit more tedious, <laughs> um, it still will help you track what you're spending so have a little journal if you like to write by hand if you go to a grocery store and you spend you know whatever x amount grocery store write the date write how much you spent gas write the date write how much you spent toiletries write the date write how much you spent write all that down and then maybe after two weeks put it in an excel sheet put it in your phone Put that information somewhere where you're going to frequently look at it. After a month, use those numbers to give you a spending projection. So one month you're like, okay, this is how much I spend in groceries, this is how much I spend on gas, this is this. Then the next month, try to stick to those um, goals, that spending projection. So if on groceries, you realize this last month, you spent about $300 on groceries the whole month. So then that means next month, give yourself a $300 budget. If on gas, the whole month you spent a total of say $100. Next month, give yourself a $100 budget or spending projection for your gas. Like it's, it's, it's give and take, it's push and pull, it's trial and error, it's writing stuff down, reflecting, revisiting, and keep editing. Your budget or your spending plan, let's change it to spending plan because budget makes people feel very restrictive. So your spending plan, um, your spending plan represents you. So that means it's very fluid. That means it fluctuates throughout the year. If you're someone who celebrates holidays, you're likely gonna spend more money towards the end of the year, towards those months. If you are someone who is in a family where there are a lot of birthdays during the summer. You're likely going to spend a good amount of money during those months. If you're someone who has children, when school starts back, you're likely going to spend more money during those months. So understanding that and recognizing that ahead of time by tracking and looking at your consistent spending 
what that allows you to do is when those times of the year come around, you're already prepared for it. So recapping with your budget, write down like the words of your fixed expenses and your variable expenses. Then write down the amounts for your fixed expenses and then start tracking your variable expenses. Once you track for about a month, use those numbers to give you an idea of your spending projection for the next month. Once you do that, you already have a budget created for your fixed and variable expenses. Over the next month, pay attention to your spending. See if what you wrote down is actually accurate to what you're actually spending. If it is accurate, now you know this is how much my month-to-month spending is or this is how much my monthly expenses are. So that means income-wise, I need to bring in at least X amount of dollars. I tell people, look at your monthly expenses. You want your income to cover all your monthly expenses plus $500. So if your monthly expenses add up to, let's say $2,500, then you wanna bring in a minimum of $3,000 a month. Continue that mentality because what that allows you to do, you are covering everything and you still have that rollover money. You still have that money that's left over to cover things. Now, something else to think about when it comes to your budget. It's also important to write down when your bills are due. Reason being, if you get paid, say, twice a month or multiple times a month, in some cases, more of the bills come out of one check versus the other. So for some people, they're like, when I look at my income, it's more than my expenses. But for some reason, I have to use my credit card towards the middle of the month. Or for some reason, it just feels like I don't have enough money throughout the month. There's a great chance that a good portion of your bills comes out of one check. And in between those two bills, you're like struggling because you don't have enough money left over. So in looking at that, what some places do allow you to do is um, they allow you to move your due date. So if a lot of bills come out of one check and not the other, see if you can maybe move some of the due dates to the second check. If they can't do that, then comes the the creative or strategic budgeting. <coughs> if you know you need <coughs> rollover money of say, uh, $500 to cover a lot of your flexible expenses, then the goal <coughs> will be to build up to that 500. That could be, um, you know, with the second check, you realize you have on average an additional $200. So set that 200 aside in your savings <coughs> so that when you get paid again, you now have 200 that can be rolled over. If you can add more or set aside more than 200, then start doing that. Start building a revolving savings to cover up that that uh, rollover time in between your two checks. So if you all can't tell, I love talking about budgeting, but <laughs> I am kind of running on, um, this is getting kind of long. So I really do hope that this information was helpful in terms of thinking of how to change your perspective of getting out of living paycheck to paycheck, what to do if you are in a financial hardship, and then also how to start creating a budget that 
shows you where your money is going so that you can make informed decisions on where to move forward. I really hope that you realize and recognize that you do have the ability and access to change your situation. And the moment you make that decision that you're going to change it, and the moment you start taking the steps to change it, your situation is going to change. So I really, really hope that there is a sense of empowerment that you start to develop as you realize how much power you actually have and as you realize how much autonomy you actually have over your own life. If you all do have any questions or need help with any of this, I'm definitely here to help. Uh, You can visit my website at mywealthywellness.com. You can email me at Janessa at MyWealthyWellness.com and uh, starting this month, so starting in October, um, we are going to have Let's Talk sessions. So these Let's Talk sessions are going to focus on different subjects that we feel would be helpful to help people navigate through different moments in time. This month, federal student loans are going into repayment. So our first few Let's Talk sessions are going to focus on how to prepare for paying your loans back, what's available to you, different programs, so on and so forth. So if you would like to join our Let's Talk groups, uh, then visit our website, go ahead and sign up. And um, to participate, it is a three month minimum to participate. Reason why we say three months is one month, you're you're not really going to, to change too, too much. It gives you great information. But we have noticed that two to three months really starts to get the flow going. It starts to get the patterns going. It starts to get the habits developing. So, and signing up for the Let's Talk sessions, you at least have to sign up for three so that you can get the most bang for your buck. So hopefully you all will be joining us and I look forward to meeting more people and helping you all financially heal and live thriving lives. So of course, gotta end every session like this. Remember, consistency is key and change takes time. Stay smart, stay healthy, and stay financially well. Bye, y'all. Join in the conversation. If you would like to give input on what was discussed today, ask questions, bring up a topic, or schedule an appointment with Janessa, let us know. Send us an email at janessa at mywealthywellness.com.